Hey guys, it's Dr. Childs here. Today I want to talk to you about how to deal with hair loss related to thyroiditis. And the thyroiditis that we're going to be focusing on today is, of course, Hashimoto's. And the reason for that is because it's the most common form of thyroiditis. So what we're going to do is we're going to take the next little bit. We're going to talk about um, the difference between hair loss and hypothyroidism versus Hashimoto's, um, the complex relationship between hair loss and Hashimoto's, what causes it, and then, of course, some things that you can do to treat that issue if you're suffering from it. So let's jump right in here. I want to start by talking about hair loss from hypothyroidism versus Hashimoto's thyroiditis. So this is, for a lot of you, you may understand this, but it's worth just explaining briefly here. So remember, hypothyroidism is a separate condition from Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Hashimoto's thyroiditis can cause hypothyroidism, but not all cases of hypothyroidism are caused by Hashimoto's thyroiditis, okay? So what that means for you as the person suffering from hair loss is that the hair loss, the flavor of hair loss you get in hypothyroidism is not necessarily the same as that found in Hashimoto's. So really, I just want you to understand that there's a difference. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today, which is the relationship between hair loss and your thyroid if you have Hashimoto's. And I think the best way to illustrate this is this graphic here, if you're looking at um, the video. And what this graphic is, is it shows... Um, a list of people by gender, male and female, and then percentages over here. And it describes, and by the way, all these people in this study have um, autoimmune thyroiditis, which is an, another name for Hashimoto's thyroiditis. So what these, what these researchers did is they took a huge uh, you know, gathering of individuals um, with hair loss who also had Hashimoto's, and they figured out what type of, what was the cause of their hair loss for each of these individuals. And then they put it out by percentage. Okay, and so this is where things get really interesting. What they showed is that about 71% suffered from something called diffuse alopecia. So remember, alopecia just means hair loss. Don't, don't let these names kind of confuse you. I'll, I'll explain them to you. It'll be fairly straightforward. But anyway, 71% or so suffer from diffuse alopecia. About 12% suffer from something called alopecia areata. And then about 14 or so percent suffered from something called androgenetic alopecia. Okay, so and then there was a bunch of other ones. These ones are not that important necessarily, um, but I want to focus on these top three. So what they have here is there are three different types of hair loss found in Hashimoto's patients, and they're not all caused by the thyroid. That's, that's the key here. Not all types of hair loss in Hashimoto's comes directly from the thyroid. Now, there is no disputing there's a relationship between how much thyroid, how well your thyroid is functioning, I should say, and the amount of hair that you lose. The perfect Goldilocks amount of thyroid is required for hair growth. If you have too little, you'll get hair loss. If you have too much, you'll get hair loss, okay, and all in between. So you really need that sort of Goldilocks amount. Now, what you can say sort of somewhat definitively is that if you're suffering from diffuse, diffuse alopecia, which is to say diffuse um, over your entire body. So diffuse is just a way to describe it all over the place. So what this is saying is 71% or so of people with Hashimoto's have what's referred to as diffuse alopecia, which means the hair all over their body is falling off. That's probably eyebrows, it's eyelashes, it's hair all on the, on the top of their head. It's all over the place. Now you can pretty much say with, with some degree of certainty that diffuse alopecia is probably primarily caused by alterations to thyroid function. Okay, so what that means is that most people with Hashimoto's, at least 71%, are prof probably suffering from this diffuse alopecia because their thyroid is too low. A handful maybe because their thyroid is too high because remember, Hashimoto's can cause alternating states of hyperthyroidism, hypothyroidism, but the majority end up hypothyroid, 
Okay, so about 71% suffer from that. But then another about 12% suffer from alopecia areata, which is another autoimmune disease. Okay, and the, the hair loss in this tends to be a little different. It tends to be more circular in, in sort of certain areas on, on the scalp typically. And then another 14% suffer from androgenetic alopecia, which is typically caused by an excess in certain um, types of testosterone or androgens. That's where, why it's called androgen, you know, because it's androgenetic or whatever. That's, that's how they kind of come together. Um, now, and the key here is that hypothyroidism can exacerbate certain sex hormones, okay? And it can cause a PCOS-like syndrome. All right. And so this is how, this is why a lot of people get confused because of their hair loss, because they're, it doesn't necessarily fit this typical diffuse uh, pattern that I've been talking about, even though it may for most of you, it's not for every single one of you. So there's um, a complex relationship in that your, the, the people who have Hashimoto's can have different flavors of hair loss. Okay. Um, and that some is going to be related to the thyroid and some are going to be caused by other, other issues such as, you know, how thyroid interacts with some of your sex hormones. And then also just the fact that some of you are going to be more susceptible to developing other autoimmune diseases. Because remember, if you have one, you're much more likely to get a second. And those people who have Hashimoto's, that is your one, right? Hashimoto's is an autoimmune disease. So you have a higher probability of developing any type of other autoimmune disease. Okay, but that's not all. Okay, it's a little more complex than this. Um, then there's other issues. Um, we're not going to talk about these in detail right now. I, I will a little bit later. But other issues um, among thyroid patients, those with Hashimoto's, can include hair loss caused by certain types of medication, um, underdosing, overdosing, etc. We'll talk about that in just a minute. So before we, we talk about what you can do and, and what type of treatments are available, um, I want to answer this general question. And that question is, can hair loss be stopped? And is it possible for you to grow your hair back? And the, the answer to that is almost certainly yes in the majority of cases. Uh, I've treated a lot of people with Hashimoto's and you know all types of thyroid diseases. And the majority of people, I would say 95 plus percent, I, I'm just kind of making that up, but that's sort of, you know, maybe even a little higher than that, to be honest, maybe 97-ish um, percent of people, I'm able to help them get a significant regrow in their hair, or at the very least, a reduction in their hair fall. So I only say this because to give you hope in that even if you've suffered from hair loss for 20 years, which I know many of you, you know, potentially are, have been, there are things that you can do. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to be easy, um, but I do want to say that it absolutely is possible for the, the majority of you. Yes, there are certain genetic conditions that you may just happen to share or may be triggered by um, environmental factors that also trigger Hashimoto's that are not necessarily treatable at this time, but that's a very rare minority of you. Now, the key to that is to have a good physician that, it, you, that will, is willing to work with you about the therapies I'm about to talk about. Some you can do on your own, some you can't, but you need to be able to make sure that you, you have, if possible, a doctor willing to work with you. I have um, links uh, on my website, including the one that you're seeing here, which kind of walk you through um, how to do that. Let's see, there's some tips down at the bottom that you can read, you know, how to try and find one locally to help you. This doesn't necessarily mean a dermatologist or an endocrinologist, okay? They, they may or may not be able to help you depending on their skill level, but uh, I just want to say that first of all. So let's talk about what you can do if you find yourself in this situation where you have Hashimoto's, you're suffering from hair loss, you don't know what to do, and general treatments haven't worked. So I would say perhaps number one thing to do, maybe not in terms of importance, but the first place to look is at your thyroid medication if you are taking any. Okay, so there's two groups of, of people here. There are groups of people in Hashimoto's because remember, Hashimoto's ultimately ends up in, ends up in hypothyroidism typically, like the vast majority of the time, 98%, 99% of the time, it will end up in hypothyroidism. Um, and 
once you get to that point, you pretty much are going to need some medication. Um, now, there are going to be two groups of people listening to this. Those who are already taking some sort of thyroid medication and who are experiencing hair loss even though they're taking this medication, then there will be another group of people who are have Hashimoto's thyroiditis. They know they do, but they're not taking any thyroid medication. So we're going to talk to both groups of people here. So first of all, if you are not noticing, if you are taking thyroid medication and you are not noticing um, any improvement in your hair loss, I have a couple questions that I would have you ask yourself. So first of all, are you taking thyroid medication but still suffering from the symptoms of hypothyroidism as defined by, as, you know, weight gain, fatigue, hair loss, cold intolerance, etc.? So that's question number one. Question number two, do your thyroid lab tests suggest that your dose is optimal and not just normal? Question number three, did you notice an increase in hair fall when starting slash adjusting your thyroid medication? And question number four, have you tried T4-only thyroid medications such as levothyroxine or Synthroid? Sorry, that should say, have you only tried those medications? So if you answered yes to any of these questions, then it's a good idea for you to take a, a serious look at your medication, at the dose that you're taking, and the type of medication that you're taking. There's a lot of you listening here that if you just had that dose optimized, either by taking a little bit more or by switching medications, or by potentially adding T3 to your to your regimen, that you could fix your hair fall with and hair loss and you know uh, incite hair growth just with that one change. So it's actually it's very important that you look. I have all the resources on what to do if you've answered yes to these questions on the blog on this thing. I'm not going to go into each of these, otherwise we'd be here all day. But ask yourself these questions. If you answered yes, go to these links. Read up on what you can do about those specific things and why um, and how switching medication might help. Okay, but what about you? What about you people? Um, <laughs> what about those who are uh, who have Hashimoto's but who are not um, taking thyroid medication at all? So this is this is an interesting topic because there's some most doctors when they see somebody with Hashimoto's they typically try not to treat until the TSH reaches some level and that's usually greater than five but there's some doctors who won't treat until a TSH is greater than ten which is absolutely crazy. Um, and there are some newer studies, and this is one I'm going to quote here for you so you can take a look at, that suggests that this is not the correct way to look at Hashimoto's. So there are some people who benefit from early treatment, and those people that benefit from early treatment tend to be those who are experiencing the symptoms of hypothyroidism, which is probably you if you're experiencing hair loss. Because remember, hair loss is a sign of hypothyroidism. So I have this direct quote from this article that you can link here. Uh, I, I, I say a lot of stuff in my articles, and you know I have links to all of the claims that I make, but it, sometimes it's helpful if you see exactly what are, um, is being written in these uh, clinical studies. So this says, quote, approximately 5 to 10% of hypothyroid patients, and this is specifically talking about Hashimoto's patients, remember. So approximately 5 to 10% of hypothyroid patients complain about persistent symptoms despite receiving LT4 treatment and having normal serum TSH levels. So this could be many of you, either you're on medication or you're not. Now it's saying possible explanations of this finding include differences in individual sensitivity, combined autoimmune diseases or AITD, which is autoimmune thyroiditis on its own, and the inability uh, of LT4 treatment to restore T4 and T3 levels or concentrations to physiologic levels in the serum and tissue. So what this is saying is that about 5 to 10% of you, even if you have that normal TSH, but in the presence of autoimmune thyroiditis, may benefit from early treatment. Okay, so it's not a large percent, but it is some percent that you should be aware of. And if you want to read this and take it to your doctor, you're more than welcome to. Just click this link here. It'll take you to the study, and then you can you can find the um, once it loads, you can find the the quote that I've taken. So this is the whole entire study. Obviously, you'll have to go through it a little bit, um, but I have the quote right there if you want to look at it. 
Um, and, and then the other thing that you can do also is if you are somebody who has Hashimoto's and your doctor is not willing to treat you, well, then there actually are things that you can do on your own to try and improve um, your thyroid function naturally. In fact, I had somebody who I was treating. Um, well, I hadn't started treating, but this is a person who got their labs tested. They knew what labs to test because they were looking at my website. They found that they were obviously abnormal. They started doing some therapies, and then they they wanted me to take a look at their labs, and so I was looking at them. But by the time you know, be between the time that they had they got their first lab test, and between the the therapies that they instituted, their next set of lab tests that they were taking you know, within two months showed a dramatic drop in the TSH, which is great improvement. So these therapies can work. They don't work for everybody, but you can naturally, this is without my help or without any other doctor's help, this person was able to naturally improve their TSH and thyroid functions. So you can do these things. I have links to it. You can click these links and it'll take you um, to a list of therapies that you can do naturally to treat your thyroid. Okay, so number two, ensure that your thyroid medication is not contributing to your hair loss. So remember earlier um, in this in this video, uh, um, I mentioned in passing that thyroid medication can can contribute to your hair loss, and that it can actually contribute in multiple ways. So first of all, hair loss can be a side effect of the medication itself. So if you're taking this is true especially of Synthroid and Levothyroxine, but also true of a medication called Cytomel, which is a T3 medicine. Now these medicines. Um, independent of what they do to your thyroid hormone status in your body can trigger hair loss. So you can kind of find yourself in a sticky situation where you're not sure where your hair loss is coming from. Is it coming because you're not taking enough medicine? Is it becoming, is it coming because you're taking too much medicine? Is it coming because you're on the wrong type of medicine? So you can see how this can kind of get a little confusing. Don't let this, I, I've had some people when I say this, they get really freaked out and they think, well, there's nothing I can do to, to fix my hair loss. No, that's not true. These are potential um, answers for hair loss. It doesn't mean that it's going to happen in you, but you absolutely should be aware of it, okay? Because then you want, you know, you, you want to make sure that you're doing the things that are correct so you can figure out what the problem is. And this is only going to apply to a small portion, a percentage of you, but it is relevant to still some of you here. So remember, um, your medication, it needs to be in that Goldilocks range, right? It needs to be optimal, but it can't be too much. Otherwise, it may trigger hair loss and it can't be too little. Otherwise, you're not getting enough in your body. And while we're on this topic of hair loss, um, I do have a supplement here that you can look at. Um, it's called Thyroid Hair Regrowth Complex. I think it works really well for helping specifically thyroid patients to um, stop hair fall and to help their hair regrowth. It's not a it's not a solution for every single one of you, but I have you know you can read the reviews and see um, the other people and the success that they've had. So remember, it's not going to treat every cause of hair loss, but it tends to work for a lot for a large majority of people who have that. Okay, so let's go to number three. Uh, number three is to the thing that you can do is reduce inflammation and autoimmune attack on your thyroid gland. So remember previously I mentioned that you can do some things naturally to improve the status of your thyroid, but those same therapies that also improve the status of your thyroid can also help you in other ways. So remember, if you're eating better, and th this is what I'm talking about by these natural therapies. In fact, I have a list here. So talking about improving your diet, eliminating foods which contribute to obesity and inflammation, reducing your stress, adding exercise to your daily routine, and so on. So these are sort of the, the run-of-the-mill classic lifestyle changes that you can make. Now, what do they do and how do they help your hair loss um, independent of their uh, benefit on your thyroid is that they can help replete um, certain nutrients in your body such as zinc and selenium. They can reduce the, the stress because remember stress can independently cause hair loss by itself. You can become so stressed out that your hair will fall out independent of its effect on your thyroid, right? Um, a healthy diet and exercising can reduce infl inflammatory levels. It can uh, reduce um, immune dysregulation. And then of course, I think this also benefits a lot of you listening here because remember, there are several of you who probably have an autoimmune component 
to your hair loss. And that autoimmune component, there really aren't any good therapies, medicinal therapies anyways, like prescription medications, available to those people who have autoimmune hair loss. There really aren't. And so what does that leave you? Either no treatment um, or treating your thyroid and hoping that's fixing the problem or some of these natural therapies that affect your lifestyle, um, such as the ones that I've described here. So there's many, many, many reasons, independent of their, their posit positive or potentially positive effects on your thyroid, that you would want to do these sort of lifestyle interventions. Then number four, look at your ferritin. So ferritin is a blood test. It's really easy to get. You could just ask your doctor for it. Um, it's, what it is is it's a marker that doctors often use to assess iron storage in the body. Um, and what it ends up being is if you have a low ferritin, it's pretty sensitive. It's a pretty sensitive marker for assessing low iron in the body. And the reason we're talking about this is twofold. Number one, iron is very important, believe it or not, for hair growth. And so what you'll find, and I think this is um, illustrated perfectly in the example of pregnant women, who, or well, yeah, okay, let's say, let's say pregnant women and also women who are trying to conceive, when they start taking uh, pregnancy multivitamins. So these pregnancy multivitamins are usually laced with iron. I don't say laced in a bad way. They just contain iron in them. And what a lot of people notice, what women notice when they take these supplements is that their hair grows. So they think, oh, well, it must be this this prenatal vitamin that I'm taking and or pregnancy vitamin and it's helping my hair growth. There's nothing special in that vitamin except that it contains iron. And most multivitamins do not contain iron because too much iron, and by the way, most people don't need extra iron because too much can actually be harmful. So they're omitted from most thyroid multi, or from, multi, from most multivitamins except for prenatals. Okay. And so when they take these things, they replete their little, their low levels of iron and their hair grows. And they, they think it's something else, but it's probably the iron. And then number two is that ferritin is also uh, closely associated with thyroid function, whereby low ferritin, low iron, diminishes the effectiveness of your thyroid. So you could have low ferritin, not even know it. You don't necessarily have to be anemic, meaning you're you're not like suffering from anemia where your red blood cells are low. You could just have low iron, which is negatively affecting your ability to grow your hair and also negatively affecting your thyroid. So again, have lots of articles on this, read up on them, but definitely look at your ferritin. I would say that's probably very high up there in terms of importance, um, in terms of nutrients. There are other ones, absolutely, B12, zinc, selenium, um, et cetera. Those are all important for hair growth as well. I'm leaving out a couple, but biotin would be one, of course, but there are several other nutrients that you want to look at. But if you can eat healthy, there's, there's ways that you can get those nutrients. And then number five, um, I want to say this for, for several of you out here, is don't give up. And I put this in here as, as something, you know, it's not really something that you, that you necessarily do, but it is, I think, very important. And that, and I have some statistics here just based on my experience. So I think about 70% of you listening to this will be able to stop your hair fall and at least partially regrowth your hair with, you know, minimal effort, I would say. Then the other 30% of you, so three out of 10, you're going to have a little bit more trouble. It's going to take you a little bit longer. You're going to have to trial and error with certain medications. You're going to have to try certain supplements. You're going to have to look at ferritin levels and zinc and B12 and selenium, all these other things I've talked about. And it's going to take a little bit more digging, you know. Um, and so for those people who fit into that 30%, it might be frustrating. And look, I understand. I don't understand personally, but I could see how it would, you know, it'd be a blow to your um, self-confidence if all your hair is going out. I mean, I, I, I can, I respect that and I understand that. Um, but what I'm telling you is that it will be worth it for you to continue to read through the information here, look at the studies, go through it, you know, make a checklist and go off the things that you need to be doing. Just make sure you don't give up and keep at it and have realistic expectations. It might take you several months to get there. Um, don't be afraid if that's the case. Like it's, in fact, hair growth is a very slow thing. So even the people who are in that 70% who notice improvement, you know, 
right away, and I'm air quoting here, that right away is probably at minimum six weeks. Yes, there are some people who take, like for instance, the supplement that I'm talking about here. Um, in fact, it's kind of a funny story. There's some people who take it and they notice an improvement almost immediately. I'm talking to the day. And people have accused me of, of writing fake reviews for that because of that. And I'm, I'm saying, no, I, I don't think that's the case. I think what's happening is hair, hair growth happens on a cycle. And if you just happen to take something and boost that hair growth, I think it's just luck on when you take it and, and how it correlates to that cycle. So I don't think that there, I think that the point is it's a minimum, you know, of six weeks typically for most people to notice some sort of improvement. But it might take months. It might take four to six months. It just sort of depends. So anyway, that's that's where I want to wrap up. Um, and of course, if, remember, I always have the list of uh, clinical studies here that you can take and you can look at um, that support what we're talking about as well and tons of links in the article itself. So anyway, I know hair loss is a difficult subject, especially for those people with Hashimoto's. Um, and I think the people with Hashimoto's have a little bit of more of a difficult time compared to those with just run-of-the-mill hypothyroidism. But if you have any questions about this, leave them in the comments below. As always, I'll do my best to answer those questions. And otherwise, I will see you guys in the next one.